Retro Media Talk Podcast with your hosts, Steve and Steve. Awesome. Hey guys, welcome to Retro Media Talk Podcast. Today we're real excited. We have uh, Steve Lego, we have Mike Gallus, and we have me, uh, another Steve, Steve Montgomery. And today we're we're going to talk about Back to the Future, an iconic film of the 80s, 1985 to be exact. And uh, we're going to talk about our reaction to uh, seeing the film again. I haven't seen this film in probably a few years anyway. And uh, I watched it uh, on Blu-ray a, a couple nights ago. And and uh, I, t- I got to tell you, there's some stuff I missed. As many times as I've seen this film, I've missed a lot. I don't know if I wasn't paying deep, you know, real close attention or what, but we're going to go over uh, our experiences watching the film and uh, some good information and some new information that I think a lot of people don't realize about the film and everything that uh, went on the making of and everything. So who wants to go first? Uh, go oh, ahead, you, Lego. Oh, you want me to go? All right. So, so what, what my reaction? I mean, it's... Yeah, uh, how, do you think the film held up to you? Do you love the film? Or, oh, you know, whatever. I mean, yeah, you, I mean, it, this is one of these movies that I think that, you know, 50 years from now, I think it, it'll still be like totally watchable. It's like super, you know, it, it, it stands like the test of time, you know, because it's just, remember one, it's like a, it's like an eighties movie. So there's a lot of like eighties stuff in it. So it's like, uh, you know, that's like, people are all into the eighties and stuff now. So I think it makes the movie probably even more appealing. Probably if, if a bunch of young kids were to see this movie now, I think they would totally be in love with it, you know, with stranger things and all the, the retro stuff going on. But yeah, I mean, it's like, this is like, like the epitome of like a retro movie, right? It's like, it's the eighties. It's the Nike tennis shoes (laughs) and all the, you know, the, the puffy vest he was wearing, the DeLorean, you know, they're they're actually in style again. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, yeah, it's like the, the, the movies, I mean, it, it totally stands the test of time. It, It totally held up. It, you know, even though I've seen it a million times, I mean, I'm not like, oh, this is so boring or you just, you don't lose your interest. It's still, it's still, it's still a cool, fast-paced, funny, um, exciting, exciting movie for yeah. sure. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you uh, right off the bat, uh, watching the film, I it held my attention a little bit more than the Goonies. To be honest with you, it just oh, way more. It just kind of, you know, the plot is just so thick, and you know, I love the. The whole, you know, the dad is a nerd getting getting bullied and, you know, how that whole time gets, you know, gets changed. And, right. And that, that's just a great, it's just got a deeper plot to it, you know, and it makes you think and all, all that stuff. But one thing I didn't catch, I don't know why, maybe I did and I just, you know, my memory's fading. But when he was auditioning in the band... And he was playing, uh, you know, kind of a rocked out version of Power of Love, which I love that song. <laughs> I did not realize Huey Lewis 
was the one with the megaphone, and he says, you're too loud. And they get, you know, <laughs> booted from the, <laughs> you know, auditions. I thought that was hilarious. So do you want to know the backstory on that? Like how Huey got involved? Yeah, I do. Yeah, Because he did not want to be in this movie. Huey? Um, Huey? Yes, he did oh. not want to do it. Because he said that he, because Bob Gale and then Bob Zemeckis, the book refers to them as Bob and Bob. And Bob and Bob loved Huey Lewis and they wanted him to do a song. And Huey's like, I don't know how to write for film. So I think I'm going to pass. Right. And they're like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. He's like, just give us your next big song, you know, your next song that you write, hand it over. And it, it just happened to be Power of Love. Wow. Because Huey read the script and he's like, well, there's no like really love interest in here. So this song, they probably won't even want it. So that's the backstory on how he got the, you know, the song in there. And Bob loved the song so much. He's like, I got to have this. In fact, do you want a cameo? And he's like, no. He goes, no, I, I don't want to do anything, you know, else. And so they kept talking, and they finally convinced him to do it. But he said, if I do this, you got to disguise me. Really? Because I, I guess he didn't feel like he was, I don't know, he might have been camera shy or whatever. Oh, he had a pair of glasses on. That was his yeah, disguise. Yeah, that, that was, was his disguise, yeah. So he was trying to be like, you know, Clark Kent. That's hilarious. But no, I mean, I for some reason, I, I don't remember catching that when I watched it. All those times before, did you guys catch that right away? Like, oh back yeah, in the I, day? oh yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. I don't so, know. Maybe I, maybe I did, and I forgot I did. I don't know. So then they came back to him because you know uh, they needed a song for the ending credits, and they he he finally they showed him some footage of the movie, and then he re went he went back and reread the script. And he's like, oh, I can write something to this. And so that's how Back in Time came into existence. Yeah, two, two great songs. Yeah, incredible. Um, yeah, so the budget was $19 million and it grossed $388.8 million, apparently, uh, what I was looking up online. So that... Uh, that was the uh, what was it highest grossing film obviously of 1985. Um, hey, you guys know the uh, the high school where they shot it. You know where they shot that that stuff at the high school? No, it was Whittier High School in California, and I do believe Michael Sweet and Oz Fox went to that high school. Really? Wow. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty cool. Um, I hear like a I hear like a weird noise in the background. You hear a noise? You hear? Let me see. I don't hear it anymore. You don't hear it? No, no. I don't either. It's gone. No, that, that's weird. I I couldn't hear it on my end, so I wonder if it was my mic. Maybe. Hmm. I don't hear your, it now. Yeah, did you turn your vibrator off? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have anything running in the background either, so I don't know. Weird. All right. But anyway, uh, so another thing that was that was weird was I didn't realize 
you know, we talked about this a lot with the Goonies, you know, with Spielberg presenting Goonies, Goonies, but he had actually wrote the Goonies, wrote the script or whatever, said written by uh, Spielberg in the credits. But this movie, he only was executive producer, which I thought was strange because I thought this has got to be a, a Spielberg written movie, you know. Well, the short end of that is they had Bob Gale wrote this movie or started to have the idea for it way back in 1975. And so they were trying and trying to find somebody to make this and everybody turned them down. And so they went to Spielberg because, you know, Zemeckis had worked with Spielberg on a couple other projects and so they thought, you know, he might have a lot more weight to be able to to get them in the door. Mm. And it just took a really long time. Bob Gale wrote the screenplay. Um, basically how it happened is he went home. I don't know if his father had passed or something, but he was at home and he was going through all his father's things. And his idea was, oh man, he's looking through the yearbooks and he was wondering, okay, was my dad like a, you know, a nerd, a jerk, whatever during high school? And that's what kind of triggered the idea. That's pretty cool information. Yeah, I like that. Because it was it was written so like brilliantly, you know. Cuz you yeah, got to really and, think about time travel movies like right. how would this work and everything. And even though when you when you boil down what a great script it is. It, it's almost kind of creepy, too. <laughs> you know, going back in time, running into your mom and all that stuff. Yeah. It's like, uh, this is weird. <laughs> so it's almost like maybe it was a little controversial, you know, when you when you put it down on paper. Like, if that was a serious movie, it wouldn't have worked, I don't think. No. It, but But the way they did it, making it, you know, a comedy and blah, 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 it's... I mean, it's a great. It it, it it's got a perfect script. Well, they but, yeah. were worried about that. They were, were they? worried about that. Yeah, the whole scene with uh, the purple you know, underwear Marty and his mother. <laughs> yeah, that was that was, they, that was. Yeah, they were really worried about that being really risque. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking watching them. Like, you know, when you boil it down, that's kind of a creepy. <laughs> the part that I really like is like when she goes to to kiss him. I feel like. I'm kissing my brother or something. So, I mean, that was cool. I'm glad that there wasn't an attraction or something toward that because that would have made it real creepy. So, <laughs> Right. <laughs> well, it's a miracle that this movie even got made. I mean, if you really dig in, um, if you go on Amazon, if you really like Back to the Future, mm. get this book, Back to the Future, The Ultimate Visual History. It is awesome. And it comes with mementos okay so it has the envelope and the note hmm. that marty wrote out to doc in the 50s diner it has cool. the jaws poster from really? part two it has the the faded picture mm -hmm. of the, all the kids you know is it what what is it like a tabletop book or yeah what is it's it? it's huge it's a really? big book like and it, it gives yeah. you all the history oh, of dude. all three movies. I think I have that book. It is incredible. I think I have the book because I have that big Friday 13th 
tabletop book. Okay. And I saw that Back to the Future. I, I swear I got that book. I just never read it. Oh man, it's awesome. Now I, think I read about the whole it. thing. Yeah, I uh yeah, we'll we'll provide a link in the in the uh podcast description if people want to check that out. So um, the the first yeah. draft of the script is way different than what you see in the movie. Um just to give you a, a couple differences, uh, Marty and Doc were actually supposed to be video pirating. They had a video pirating business for videotapes. Okay. That's that's what they're, uh, I guess what they were going to do is use the extra money to fund Doc's uh, experiments. Mm-hmm. And so he had just figured out an invention using some sort of... Um, power converter to turn radiation into energy and then Marty stumbles upon, he somehow spills coke in this machine and it sends this monkey whose name is Shemp into the future by two minutes. Hmm. So that was the the original script and then it kind of goes on to where this was supposed to be 1982 to 1952 because, like I said, they've had this idea for a while, but they couldn't find really any takers. Um, the rest of the script gets really, you know, it's it's it would not have been a really good movie because it has something to do with um, they have to somehow. Uh, there is a flying car in here, but Coca Cola becomes the power source of the machine and stuff, and. Oh. Yeah, that's it, th- that's where I'm kind of hit. I, I wanted to head next, not to interrupt, but no, go, go ahead. ahead. Uh, well, uh, the product placement was hilarious in this movie. Yeah, oh, there was tons of it. I, I, and I made a list as I was watching. I might have missed something, but here's what I got. Uh, okay. Uh, I'll just go down the list, but it, it's funny because his mom, you know, uh, was drinking, I forget what brand of vodka. But she, but there was also a Bud Light sitting there on the table. So mm-hmm. you had Bud Light, you had a vodka brand. Then you had at the mall, no other stores were shown but J.C. Penny. Uh, so J.C. Penny must have had a monopoly on that one. <laughs> that one, that was the only lit up signs, you know. And um, you had Diet Pepsi. Then you had Pepsi Free. Yeah, and you, you had, had Tab. A, then, of course, you had DeLorean. That was a huge product placement, right? right. Uh, Wurlitzer was the jukebox. Uh, tab, like when he said, do you got a tab? You yeah. know, you that was a, a, a product placement. Um, hey. Calvin Klein was a big yep. one. Yep. Uh, Miller High Life was another one in there. Cherry Coke, which you were talking about Coke. Uh, th- that was only word spoken, but it, it, it was Cherry Coke that was said. Uh, Toyota and Bank of America. That's that's all I found. There there might have been more. I might have missed, but that that's what well, I found. Nike too. I mean, they made you know. Yeah, was there's that, a. I got a. I got a thing on Nike, but going back to Pepsi, the reason why they chose Pepsi over Coke is because I guess in 1955 the Pepsi logo was different. Than in 1985, and that's what they wanted. They wanted to show the difference. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, so they picked some of the stuff were picked because the logos were different in the future. 
But going back to Nike, okay, this is a long story, but I don't know if you guys know this, but the entire movie was shot halfway through without uh, Michael J. Fox. It was a different actor. Right. Well, was Nike in the first one? I'm trying to remember. I, I don't. What, the first movie? Yeah, I, I don't remember seeing the Nike. I don't know. Was, no, was the, re, the Nike got in there because what happened was Eric Stoltz was the guy that played Marty. Right. And so the short story is, I mean, he was he was physically tough on all the actors. Like, um, there's a story with uh, the guy that plays Biff, Thomas Wilson. He was he injured him during that scene where they're in the cafeteria and he pushes him. Yeah. I guess he bruised his collarbones really bad and he kept telling him to stop, to stop doing it. <laughs> Eric Stoltz? Yeah, and he wouldn't stop. He he was the he was the one that he was, was the main he was the man, well, I wonder the, what happened to that footage. Yeah, it's on <laughs> I think you can I, I've find seen it some somewhere. of it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, where it, where did they did they release it somewhere? I think when they, I think they put a special edition out a few years back. Really, I think I think they had some of that footage on there. Really, but I have seen some of it like on YouTube or somewhere as, as okay. well. Yeah. So what happened was the guy that that go ahead and gave the go for the movie was Sid Sheenberg, and he was the head of Universal, and he loved this guy, and so Bob wanted Michael J. Fox, but they couldn't get him because he was on Family Ties. Right. And his TV mom at the time was pregnant with twins. And so it was like almost impossible. He had no schedule for this movie. And the guy at Universal was like, you guys got to start this. This has to come out July of 1985 or we're not doing it. So they had no choice. They had to find this other guy, hire this other guy and start filming. Hmm. And halfway through, I mean, you you were up to J- January of 85 right now because they started in November of 84. But January, Zemeckis started going and, and was viewing all the stuff. They were trying to put stuff together. And he was like, they were like stunned. He showed Stephen the the you know, the dailies and they just looked at each other in silence. They're like, this is not working. I mean, the guy's not funny. Um, it was just like, they said that he was in an entirely different movie. So sounds like an octopusy moment. Yeah, it could have been. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't know, man. It sounded like the perfect time to say octopusy. <laughs> That's cool. So, it was like, okay, you've shot half this movie already. You're in serious trouble because nothing is gelling with this kid. And there was other issues with him, too. He was like um, like wanting to do his own thing, and it was just really weirded out. And so hmm. they, had, they had to make a decision. Luckily for them, uh, that person that was pregnant had, had came back to work. And that opened Fox up for evenings so they could shoot in the evenings if they wanted to use them. But it cost them another $4 million to reshoot everything. You know, one thing I, I noticed about the, the film, watching it again, I, I mean, I really got into it. I mean, it was like fantastic. The picture quality and everything in HD was just awesome. 
but the tension in the end when he's trying to get back, you know, to present time. Right. Dude, I forgot how how kind of unnerving that was, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it was like, oh, shoot, man. <laughs> he dropped it. Even though you know he he goes back, you know, to the present, to the future. Oh, it was, it was brilliant. And going back to when Fox came in, um, I just wrote this little note. So Bob decided that they were missing a good opportunity for humor. So they gave Fox his own choices uh, for how they wanted his uh, clothes, his character to look. So we inadvertent, inadvertently contribute. He inadvertently contri- contributed to the most long-lasting uh, synergies between production and a well-known brand. Stoltz wore Converse high tops, but the production designer had forgot to bring them to the fitting. So Zemeckis looked at Fox and said, what are you wearing? And he happened to be wearing Nikes. So that's mm. how that came about. Was Okay, but was Nike in the first film? I know it was in yes, the second film. It was. Wasn't in the second film when he was riding the hoverboard? Yes. Or the, the pump-up ones, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah, made yeah, those. yeah. But, but like literally, they 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 like take sh- they have like a couple shots where they're like on his shoes. Oh like, man, see that that's the thing. I miss that one. Out of well, all those it, product placements, I missed that one. It would have been during the skateboarding sequence, right? And I kept yeah. looking for a skateboard like like brand or something that he might be using. I, I thought maybe that would be like a product placement, but I, I didn't see any that I could remember. Right, and you so. Know. They tried to get the shoes that he was wearing because they wanted like 25 pairs for him and they were discontinued. They couldn't get them. And they were sold hmm. out everywhere. So Nike personally made within a week 25 pairs of those shoes and shipped them to him. Jeez. Yeah. Hey, one thing. One thing. Let's. Uh, I want to talk about Robert Zemeckis real quick. Yeah. Um you know, I forgot how many great films he did do besides Back to the Future. And uh, I, one thing that, that me and me and Lego had talked about in Raiders of Lost Ark was like the other movies that were kind of along the lines of Raiders of Lost Ark afterwards. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the wannabe movies, but there there was one that I really liked that came out that was kind of like Raiders of Lost Ark, and you know, know it, it Romancing is. the Stone. Oh, heck yeah. And yeah. I didn't realize he did that film. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and Silvestri did the music for both of those movies. Oh, yeah. Well, that's that's understandable. You find a good composer, you want to, you know, use them as much as you can. Yeah. But, I, you know, then I was looking at his uh, films, and we, I know, I know you like this movie, Mike. I don't know about Steve, but what about The Frighteners? Oh, yeah, that was hilarious. Oh, that was a great movie. Yeah, I love that movie. I, I thought uh, Peter Jackson did that one. Um, well, did I'm he write sure it? That was Peter Jackson. Can you, you want to look that up? <laughs> yeah, hold on. You know, that's the beauty of the internet. I don't know. For some reason, that's a movie came up as him, him doing it, but maybe, uh, Maybe he wrote it or something. I'm looking on uh, IMDb. Yeah, Peter Jackson directed it. Um, oh, okay. Well, what did Robert Zemeckis do? You know, he wrote a lot of Tales from the Crypt episodes, Robert really? Zemeckis. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe I, I, 
he wrote The Frighteners, I wonder. Fran, yeah, Fran Walsh and Peter Jackson. It doesn't say anything about um, what. Okay. Yeah, we always got a got a. a, a, a no, wait a problem. minute. He he was an executive producer. Oh, exa- he was a producer yeah. then. Okay, yep. okay. All right. Oh, so uh, the other movie that I really liked came out in 1980, and it was a comedy. Oh, that's good. Get get the ring in there. You guys remember Used Cars with uh Yes, with uh, Kurt Russell. Yes. I love that movie. Yeah, it's um that w- that's in the book. And oh, it they is. Talk, they talk about that, you know, early on. <laughs> that movie cracks me up, man. Cuz they looked at, I mean, they looked at a ton of people to play Marty. Okay, so he did direct that one. I just want to make sure my information is correct. But yeah, used cars. Um, obviously, he did two and three of Back to the Future. Uh, do you guys remember uh, 1941 with um, John Belushi? Yeah, That's huge, yeah. huge bomb movie. Yeah, yeah, but did, didn't he do it? Or he had something to do with it, I guess. I don't know, but all these guys, they all went to USC together. Oh man! Oh, it was it was written, it was directed by Steven Spielberg and written by Robert Zemeckis. Okay, so yeah, they were they must have been friends for a long time. I wonder. Yeah, they all went to school together. Oh yeah. Well, you know, whoever was uh, whoever came out of that school, man, they they were like the best of the best. You know, jeez. Lucas Spielberg. What was the uh, Lucas Spielberg? Uh, they all came out of the same school, right? So yeah, they all went Zemeckis to USC. and I don't know who else, but George Lucas. Well, yeah, yeah, Lucas Spielberg. Um, but there was some somebody else came out of that. Well, that Bob Gale, the writer, he went to school with those guys too. Did he? Wow. Yeah. Um, another. Another film, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, um, Castaway, The Polar Express. I don't know if he directed those now or wrote them, but uh, one movie he did was The Walk. Do you guys ever see that one? What is it? The Walk. The Walk. Yeah, yeah. I've never heard of it. That is a great movie, but it's phenomenal in 3D. Um it's about the. It's a true story about this guy that that uh, did a high wire across the twin oh, towers. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a good one. Um, you you guys should watch that. I mean, it, even if you're not watching it 3D, it still gives you like um, chills, you know, because it, it, it was, the special effects were great. But yeah, Robert Zemeckis didn't he also did direct didn't, it? Yeah. Didn't Zemeckis also direct um, Octopussy? <laughs> I was just gonna say that. <laughs> he, no, no. The word is he really wanted to, but they they wouldn't give it to him. No. <laughs> uh, the Octopussy inside jokes. Um, yeah, and then Forrest Gump. I guess. I guess that's oh, yeah. another hit. Um, did he? Direct that one? Yeah, he did. Yeah, okay. Good. Did. All right. So, it, one inside uh, little uh, story on Leah Thompson. 
who we all know from a lot of 80s film films and 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 stuff uh there was this guy that uh his name was dean williams he was a hollywood photographer he's got a big long list uh uh, I, I got his thing right here. But anyway, we met him. He lives in Springfield, Illinois. We were meeting with him because we were going to do this project, Uncharted Exploration, that, that you know, that TV show where, where Gallus was involved with also for a short time. And uh, we, we were um, meeting with him at his house. Dude, this dude had... He, he was a photographer on Conan. Um, he was a still photographer, right? But anyway, he was on Blues Brothers. He was on um, the Starman. He was on all these huge 80 hits, Caddyshack, Batman Returns, Backdraft, Rocky Five, Weird Science. But anyway, uh, I could go on. But it was funny. I was looking at, he took us down to his basement, and his basement is just full of I mean, movie posters, all the movies that he's been on. And then this memorabilia room, it had everything from the Caddyshack ball to just uh, the Conan sword, everything. And then on on the on the one wall, he had all I've got pictures of all this. He had pictures, of all these celebrities and one caught my eye. And it was Leah Thompson said, Dean. You're a sex god. Love Leah. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, what? So I, I go, uh, hey, Dean, uh, did you know uh, Leah Thompson? Oh, yeah, we dated. And I'm like, oh my gosh, it was just, it was just the funniest thing because I'm like, a lot of guys that thought Leah was, was, was pretty hot back then. But he said, yeah, they, they dated for a little while. And, uh, he didn't and, give you any uh, stories? I couldn't pry it out of him. I said, dude, you need to write a book and tell your stories. <laughs> he goes, yeah. Oh, I got a lot of them, man. <laughs> but he it was it was it was he was a pretty cool guy, but he had some some funny stories about Caddyshack. Can you believe that? He lives in Springfield. He and he's like, Yeah, you'd be surprised uh who lives around here. I'm like, really? In Illinois here? But, you know, I guess a lot of people did come out of Illinois. I, actually, I think Robert Zemeckis came out of Chicago. I could yeah, be he wrong. Did. did he? Yeah, and, okay. and Bob Gale is from St. Louis. Oh, no way. Yeah. Uh, that's funny, isn't it? So a lot of Midwestern. I mean, look at the, look at John. Um, the, Cusack's uh, from Chicago. Oh, he is? Yeah. No, I'm talking about the director, um, John Hughes. John Hughes. Yeah, yep. And he filmed, I think, all his movies— up yeah, in Chicago. around the Chicago area. Yeah, the suburbs there. But uh, yeah, so that's that's pretty cool. I love John Hughes movies. The 1955 Doc Brown house. Yeah. That is a real house. It's called the Blacker House, and it's in Pasadena. They hired this lady to play Ma oh. Peabody. Hey, remember the lady, the, the guy comes out with the shotgun? And then they're all looking at the comic book. Oh, when, yeah. And then the spaceman comes yeah. out. And so she had like sprained her ankle or something. So they had to have a, uh, they had to have a stump, a stunt double dress up as her. Oh, really? Yeah. 
Jeez. So what are your favorite um, parts I'll tell you of the my, movie? I'll tell you my favorite scene, hands down, right now. It's the opening scene with the clocks. The opening scene? Yes. The reason oh. why is that is all one shot. Yeah. It's, That's how they wanted it to be, and it was... That's a crazy you, scene, yeah. When you read the book, it, you'll appreciate it a little bit more, but they had to elaborately set all that stuff and time it, and it's like they had... I don't know how many takes they did, but it's one shot, and there's a... There's a clock. It's a famous clock that Zemeckis found. Oh, it's it's the guy's name was Harold Lloyd. He was a silent uh, movie star, hmm. and he's on the clock, you know, hanging from it. Yeah. And so, you know, that was supposed to be, you know, Doc. And so, right. yeah, I love that scene where the camera just, you know, goes with this way, this way, and then just everything just kind of fits together. You know, the movie's all about time. So you know, I love one, that shot. One thing I I forgot about the movie. It's weird because I I must have short memory loss when when I watch a movie I just kind of forget like after a couple weeks <laughs> what mm -hmm. happened. So I could watch a movie probably I could watch the same movie every couple months and it'd be probably new to me. Weird, but um, I forgot that Doc got shot and killed. Yeah, you know, I, I totally yeah. forgot. I'm like, how did I forget this part? Weird. And but that's that, actually in the original script, too. Yeah, yeah, and I love that part. But when you're first watching that film... Right. And he dies, it's like, they better bring him back. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, I don't know if I got a f favorite scene at all, except for maybe one of my favorite scenes is when uh, when Marty goes into the, to the uh, restaurant and sees his dad for the first time. I, I thought... That <laughs> I thought that was cool. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a definitely a good one. There's so many good scenes. Yeah, I just, I love the 55 stuff, seeing, just seeing how clean everything was, seeing the cars, hearing the music. And it's just, you know, we really can't relate because we didn't experience that. Well, well I think, you know, I always said, I always said, if I could go back in time and live in another decade, because we lived in the best decades there were, I think. As far as growing up, we grew up in the 70s and the 80s. Those are probably the most, they're the most colorful, changing decades, I think, that, that really set a standard. But if I could go back, I think the 50s would be the next best decade to live in. When did Elvis hit the scene? When did rock and roll hit the scene? Was that yeah, like, mid fifties? Like yeah, mid fifties. Exactly okay. where you know that's one of the things that they talked about is they? they the two things that they felt that they could bring to the fifties that were going on in the eighties was mm -hmm. one rock and roll, yeah, and the other thing was skateboarding. Yeah, so I would say yeah, fifties uh, for me, the introduction of rock and roll that that had to be a good time. Even though I take a multivitamin, I also like to take superfoods. And the best superfood I found on the market that tastes just amazing is Brick House Nutrition Field of Greens. Real organic superfood. One scoop of Field of Greens gives you the full spectrum of colors with fruits, veggies, herbs, spices, and more. Helps with your overall well-being by aiding in anti-oxidation, 
lipid metabolism, and glucose metabolism. Since Field of Greens is made from real foods, it's technically not a supplement. This is just pure whole foods, guys, and you can get a discount right now by using coupon code HEALTHYLIFE. Just plug that coupon, HEALTHYLIFE, before checkout in the coupon section and get our exclusive discount. You have to try Field of Greens from BrickHouseNutrition.com. You know, going back, going back to what you said earlier about how well the script was written. Yeah. Uh, Christopher Lloyd had said that he, he basically said the th- same thing. He said he credits the way the script was written because it was key to be able to impart all the information necessary to the audience. Yeah. I, yeah. Cause that was one movie that doesn't, you know, some of those time travel type movies, you know, they can go over your head a little bit. You know, you get confused. Well, well yeah. Well, well, they used well, they well, they used Doc Brown as the he was the he was the guy that explained everything to the to the audience. Yeah, right. That's yeah. why he enjoyed having it <laughs> yeah. written so he could memorize it. Yeah, and it, it it was delivered perfectly. Yeah, and they didn't make it too complicated. There wasn't like a whole lot of loose ends. Yeah, you right. know what I mean. To, yeah. To think about, I mean, they would show like the the disappearing picture or whatever, you know. Yeah, I, that's what I I did love that. And and remember, everything is heavy. Yeah. Oh yeah, that was awesome when he's playing with the band up there, and then well, he's. Yeah, yeah, there's a couple things on that. Okay, the first thing, well, I'll tell you about the band. Michael J. Fox actually played guitar on that. I was wondering if he really knew how to yeah, play guitar. He didn't yeah, he sing. Does. He That's didn't awesome. sing, but he did play guitar, and he told the director of photography, Dean Cundy, at the time, he's like, I, you can get all the wide shots you want. You can you can zoom in and get my hands, because I'm going to be playing the song note by note. Wow. Yeah. That is awesome. Because I, I was like, man, they, they must have really taught him where to put his fingers and everything, because... That's what she said, said he was going to do yeah. the time. He was going to just practice like crazy. That's He was going to practice like crazy and get every note down. Huh. Wow. That's awesome. Well, that's mm-hmm. that's a little extra curriculum for an actor the there. Dance, the dance sequence was actually shot at the Hollywood United Methodist Church. Hmm. Was Michael J. Fox, was he dating anybody at the time? Was Leah Thompson dating? Does it say anything about that? Was what, like each other? Like people on the same set or what? What are you talking uh, well, about? Well, I mean, yeah, was there ever a, a love interest between the two? They or? don't They don't go into that. Yeah, I, I didn't know. You know how it is. With she, was, she was extremely PO'd when they let Eric Stoltz go, though. Oh, she was. Yeah, she was not happy. Mm. It would have sucked with him, yeah. Oh, honestly. Yeah, He's a ginger on top but of all. The thing that that really yeah. pissed the thing that really pissed the heck out of Robert Zemeckis and it drove him up the wall was working with Crispin Glover. Really? He was the hardest person <laughs> to deal with. He well, rarely, that's, that's, yeah, that's why they didn't have him back for the second movie. Yeah, he rarely and rarely uh, did what Zemeckis wanted him to do. He he no actually way. did the opposite. Um, There's that one scene where Marty's (laughs) sitting down and he's like, I didn't know you did anything creative, you know? 
Yeah. And he just kept bouncing back and forth in his in his chair. Nah. And then messing with his hair. Oh my god. And they had to do it over and over nah. and and he would not listen. And then, <laughs> you know, at the end of the movie, he, he they got him he said the hardest thing to do was to have him hold a tennis racket and wear a polo. Oh my god. He refused to do it. Jeez. Yeah. Wow. Well, wait. So well, he's an he's an eccentric dude for sure. Yeah. yeah. What what else was he in? I'm trying to remember. Off. I mean, he, he had like a long break, like, and then he was in that movie Willard, like about 20 oh. years ago. Oh yeah. That was like his return to film, I think. Is he still doing anything? Uh, I think so. I th- he's like he's like an even weirder version of like Johnny Depp. So he only takes like weird roles. Oh, okay. But I, I mean, I thought he did an awesome job. I did too. He had that. Yeah, he was he was he was really good for for that character. Now, for the second one, he demanded like twice the amount that he wanted. He wanted to be an A list actor, mm-hmm. and they were like, "Forget it." What'd they have in the second one? I haven't watched that one so long. They 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 used uh, they somebody used else the, with makeup and back of the yeah. head shots and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, he uh, he, he kind of looked like him. Okay. Yeah. I didn't even realize that. But it's funny too because the very first day before they started shooting the the practice sessions, he showed up and he shaved the sides of his head. Oh my god. And gosh. and and everybody was freaking out because no one approved it. Jeez. Yeah, I see his uh he he's he's been in a lot of movies. But yeah. But nothing, nothing, nothing noteworthy, really. Nothing like Back to the Future. I think. Yeah, that, that that was like his probably like his biggest movie ever. Says he was in the Doors. What did he play in the Doors? I don't know what. Oh, oh, he played Andy Warhol. Well, that that imagine yeah, that. Obviously, yeah, that <laughs> that totally makes sense. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, his last film was some smiley face killers in 2020. <laughs> So that's a sounds like a B movie. Um, yeah, do we want to talk about some of the music? Oh, the music's phenomenal. Yeah, I remember when I saw this for the first time. That was the first thing I wanted to do. I wanted to run out and get the soundtrack. Unfortunately, on the the score side it only had two tracks but it had two really good tracks you had the main theme and then you had that whole clock tower procession yeah which i listened over and over but all the rest of the songs on there you know the huey lewis and um the rest of the songs were great yeah i mean i don't know huey huey lewis i mean there were so many good good bands that um Groups or whatever that put out so many, uh, so many songs for movies that they don't even have them anymore. You watch a movie, they don't have a good, a good song like that anymore. You know, well, who's gonna who's gonna do it? I don't know. It's just not like, not today's pop scene. Yeah, that's what I mean. There's no like good standout songs anymore. What whatever happened to good? Songwriting, it just yeah. Like, cause in the eighties, almost every comedy that came out had some sort of good song. I know. 
Well, damn near every, well, damn near even, every movie. Yeah, every movie. Because, I mean, think about it. I mean, I mean, look at Lost Boys. We got to do that movie too. But look at the songs on that. I mean, it just had a great, great soundtrack. Yeah, that Lost Boys is probably one of the best. Yeah, it, and oh, and man, the other so one good. that I listen to over and over again is Rocky, Rocky Four. Four. Yes, yeah. Oh, that's a I good mean, that, one. That always got you pumped up. I think didn't we used to listen to that before a wrestling match? Sometimes, I, yeah. I think I did. Yeah. Well, you remember that training montage? Yeah. Okay. Well, I yeah. just found they they did a a that's rock. Vince DiCola, isn't it, or something? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, check this out. I found three tracks, and one of them is the training montage. They did a live concert, like I don't know, a few years ago, overseas. I think it, it might have been Spain, but they did. It's a symphonic version with the electronics, and it sounds amazing. I'll have to send it to you guys. Yeah, that's that's a gag. I listen yeah. to that, you know, every once in a while, and it is I just amazed at how good it sounds. I couldn't believe it. Oh yeah, that's yeah. I, I, I'm I'm kind of disappointed they haven't put that on Blu-ray yet. The the new Rocky, yeah, uh, you know, uh, Rocky director's what? cut or whatever. I think it's just Rocky versus Drago. I think that's the name of it. Yeah, they got it streaming, but they don't. They haven't put it on disc yet. Hmm. Yeah, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen the new, the new cut. Yeah, I've, I've been waiting to see that cut because I've Any, been wanting uh, to watch the 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 original, but I kind of want to see the new cut. I can't imagine it being that much different. Honestly, it is. It, I haven't seen it, but I watched the behind the scenes. It was like an hour and something. And Stallone said the reason why he's doing this is because the time that that movie came out. Everything was MTV. It was so like fast paced and everything. Mm-hmm. And he just said it was like a montage movie. And so what his goal was is to take different different parts, different takes of scenes and slow everything down. That's what his main purpose for doing this was. Yeah, I mean, I guess he was right. I mean, you know. They had the, the you know his training sequence and Drago's training sequence, and then he's driving the sports car after. Yeah, you know it was just like it was all yeah it was all like all these like yeah and videos right they were like music videos and to make the movie. Yeah, right. But it was awesome. <laughs> I know. I still love that movie. Hey guys, I gotta take a leak. Keep talking. Okay. <laughs> Octopussy. <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah. I was just reading uh, somewhere that he's uh, he's trying to get he's trying to get ownership back of the original Rocky, but I yeah, guess uh, I Irwin, I saw that Irwin somebody some what's his name Irwin Winkler or is that who it was? Yes, that's it. Doesn't want to doesn't want to give it up. Which I mean, why would he? Was he gonna pass it down to his kids? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, Stallone's got enough dough. That's true. You, you you wonder then maybe he's got some sort of future plans or something that he wants to do. Yeah, I don't I don't know. Hmm. I, I I know like you know Stallone just wanted to get it back before he croaked. I think saying he wanted to, he wanted to like have that legacy for his family or whatever. But you know, well he's I, the one that did most of the work. Well, yeah, I mean, he he wrote the story, 
he fought to star in it. Yeah. You know? There's not a lot of people that can do all that stuff. You know, and uh, I mean, he made so much, so much money for United Artists. That's who was the the uh, the studio, I think, at the time. So, I mean, I mean, in a way, I mean, I kind of see where he's coming from. But do you know who else made United Artists a lot of money? Uh, well, the Bond movies were United Artists, weren't they? Octopussy. Octopussy. That's right, man. Yeah, yeah, it was all the Bond movies. Yeah, I can't really think of much else that was on United Artists, honestly. Big. Me neither. <laughs> I just remember that theme when it came on, you know? Yes. I'm back. <laughs> what what theme? Oh, the United Artists oh. theme. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, the the lights would kind of roll through the UA. Yes. You know? Yeah. And then, uh, yeah. There's that one scene when he's in 1955 and he hides the DeLorean and he comes out and he's trying to stop that car. And there's that, that crazy lady in the car. She's going, don't stop, Wilbur. And she keeps going on. I oh, can't yeah, tell yeah. what she's saying. I don't know, but... Um, yeah, it's hilarious. It's <laughs> 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 hilarious. And Billy Zane was one of the guys in Biff's little gang. Yeah, right, right. That bit, I didn't even recognize him. I love the 3D glasses. The way, the oh yeah, that that is, that's a classic. Yeah. That is classic. <laughs> uh, I don't know if I should mention this, but my avatar in Pokemon Go has 3D glasses on. Oh, yeah. Just for that. Just yeah, because I, mean, I love that so much. Oh, yeah. I mean, 3D was big in the 50s and yeah. it was big in the 80s, you know? so Did you know that the person that almost got the Marty McFly role before those other two was uh, C. Thomas Howell? Oh, really? Yes. Wow. He, he would have been okay, I yeah. think. Yeah, he, he, he probably would have been okay. But, I mean, you just can't beat Mike, Michael J. Fox. I mean, no way. Uh-uh. He just, and plus, it, it makes more sense, you know, being a little, you know, kind of scrawny guy. You know, his dad's a nerdy guy. And, you know, he's tougher than his dad, obviously. But, yeah, it's just that whole thing with the dad becoming standing up for himself i i love that man you yeah. know that was that was great well it changes everything around mm-hmm. i th- i think they should have used gary coleman <laughs> <laughs> paul rubens yeah oh paul <laughs> paul Pee-wee? rubens as biff is that peewee that yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> spanky oh gosh no, but I guess, you know, Thomas Wilson, the guy that played Biff, I mean, the entire crew absolutely loved the guy. Um, what, I, what was he in? Before? Was he in anything else after that? I don't I don't know. I don't. If he was, it was small. Man, that's weird. I know he's like a super religious guy. Really? Is he? Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. I was reading, I was reading that, uh, uh, or I saw something a while Thomas back, Wilson. like that he's totally unlike the Biff role. Oh yeah, totally. He he's like super nice guy. Wow. Well, I guess he was uh some somewhere. He was in Silverado, I don't know where. And Pearl Harbor, Young Flyer, I don't know. He was an Augie in Silverado. 
Well, I haven't seen that movie in, in a long time. Yeah, that's a great, time. great movie though. That is a good movie. Um, but I don't see anything after. Hmm. They did a good job with him when he becomes, you know, the Biff of the old Biff. The future Part Two. Oh, the old oh. one too. But I mean, yeah. Man, he was really he scared the heck out of me in that one. Like when he becomes, you know, the forties, fifties Biff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which one? Uh, oh, he was in last. Basically, when he's in the second movie. Well, I mean, we'll have to talk about the second movie later, right? But I wonder, I what, I wonder if we should watch two and three and and just put them together. You know, we could because they shot those two together. Right, right, right. We should. either or, either or. Yeah, I think, in my personal opinion, I think two is the best one. I love two. I love two too. Yeah, I mean, I mean, one is obviously, you know, it's really, really, really good. But I, I think two is my favorite for, for sure. I think two is my favorite. I can't say it's better than the first one, but I think it is my favorite too. And it's got Elizabeth Shue in it. Yeah, true, <laughs> true. For for like three minutes, right? And she sleeps on the porch the whole movie. Oh. Well, she goes to the future. She's got a couple scenes, you know, in the future. Right, and then she passes, and then she yeah. faints, right? Yeah, yeah, they put her on the porch, and then we don't see her till the end of the movie. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, you're right. Well, I'm, I'm going to have to watch it again. And I haven't seen the third one in ages. So going back, going back to the first one, um, you know, by the end of the movie, he comes back and then he's got that little processor on the back of of the car. Yes. Which I thought was pretty interesting. The what on the back? The processor, you know, Mr. Yeah. Fusion. Oh, you mentioned oh. what I was going to say. What was that called? Mr. Fusion, yeah. Mr. Fusion. Mm. Yeah. Well, you know, they had to do that, right? Yeah. Because... Because you know it was a big deal how we got the the whatever the uranium from the terrorists before plutonium or we yeah whatever it was yeah. so so they had to figure out a, you know a way for this card to be able to still do his time travel without having to worry about acquiring yeah. that stuff so well here's a little tidbit about my neighbor my neighbor has a DeLorean in his garage yeah does it will it go back to the future. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but but if I had that car, I would I would paint it exactly the same way, fix it up. I mean, it's it's a it's a gorgeous car, and uh, he's got it in his garage, and he might hear this podcast sometime. And uh, yeah, but if I was him, hint hint, fix the car up, paint it the same color, and drive oh. it around town with Back to the Future. Logos on the side. Wouldn't well, that be awesome? Well, I think the whole catch with DeLoreans were that they were stainless steel. They never, they didn't have paint on them. Right, so they all exactly. Look, they all, they yeah. all look the same. Mm-hmm. Well, I thought, I, I think it's red. There's a line. There's a line in there because Doc says he he says, you know, why did you build, you know, a time machine out of a DeLorean? And he's like, the stainless steel construction keeps everything intact. Right. But they still painted them, right? Yeah, no. some did, some people did because I remember some seeing around did. around well, yeah. town because he's got a red one. But from yeah, the factory, okay. they 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 strictly keep stainless oh, steel. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, because I've seen a red one driving around. 
around our area? Yeah, I mean, I in, huh. in the '90s. I mean, if I had oh, one, okay. I, I would want I would want it to be painted too, just for the fact that you know stainless steel gets all you know you know how it gets. Yeah, it's all yeah. funky looking and stuff like that. So yeah, I would definitely want to paint it, but it would be sweet. It would be sweet. You should have talked to your neighbor, and we should. You should have been able to do the the podcast live from his DeLorean. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah, well, we we have to do a video one then, so people that's can see fine. it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know. It's uh, I about shit bricks when I saw it. <laughs> I mean, does this, is this license plate out of time? No, but I I would do everything I could because my dream car, right? My dream car is something out of a movie. And, and like like there's this guy that drives a Jeep exactly like Jurassic Park. He's got oh, the yeah. whole thing and everything. Yeah, uh, I'd like that. Painted perfectly. I mean, I, I and then there's a Ghostbusters car I've seen. And I mean, it's like, oh man, dude, these guys got exactly what I want. A Do car want out of a Oh gosh, Kit would be awesome. <laughs> Can you imagine? See, I'm not into these, all these new cars, like whatever. I want a car that's cool, you know, like, you know, that would be like the of, mystery uh, machine. Yeah, oh, that yeah. would be awesome. Yeah, that would be awesome. It's iconic. Mm-hmm. I mean, shoot, in the fact, biggest- I think I saw somebody with a van that said mystery machine on around. But yeah, I mean, something like that, that the would The biggest car be growing up killer. that I can remember was, you know, the Trans Am from Smokey and the Bandit. Oh, yeah. That would be a good car. That would be a cool car. And then you had, you know, the Dodge Charger, which is Dukes of Hazard. Mm-hmm. And then you had the, um, oh, Dukes of Hazard. Can you imagine? That would be Kirby the Love right. Bug. <laughs> Kirby the Love Bug. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's so many cool cars that I would want to to have. Yeah, you know, James Bond always had a different car, too. You Can know, you imagine cool having one. the Moonraker? Oh, man. Yeah, is I that the one that went underwater? Yeah, yeah. That was that the Octopussy Mobile. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> man, can you imagine, though, driving around a Moonraker? I don't even know what kind of car or what they made that out of. That, but that I would have to be. I think it was uh, Astra something. I'd have to look it up. Was it an Aston Martin? It, I don't know. Let's see. It was a Rolls-Royce Silver Shadow. Really? Yes. Wow. Hey, guys. Do you want to get an exclusive 10% off Entertainment Earth? This is the most abundant pop culture merchandise site on the net. you got to check it out. Everything from action figures, collectibles, exclusives, all kinds of toys. You have to check this out, guys. And you can get an exclusive 10% off with our coupon code and special URL all put together at popenvyshop.com. Popenvyshop.com. If it doesn't work the first time, just refresh with our link at popenvyshop.com. Everything in your cart should go down to 10% off. Going back to Back to the Future. Yeah. In this book, there's actually the Hill Valley High Tardy Slip. Date hmm. 10-25-85, a.m. Uh, has been tardy for the following reason. Slacker. That's right. Slacker McFly. Yep. 
Uh, the final scene that they finished was the scene where Marty goes to Doc's um, garage, I guess, in the very beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. And they have that scene with the, they filmed the clock and then they filmed him with the amp, turning the amp up. That was the final scene that they filmed and it wrapped on April 26, 1985. And it was supposed to be released in July, which not a lot of time to get that thing done. Do you guys do you guys remember when you first saw Back to the Future because yes. I cannot remember it. Yes, I remember. What was it? Where was it? Where was it? I think I saw it at Westlake. Okay. I saw it when it came out on VHS. Okay. 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 Yeah, I, I cannot remember. I, I'm sure I went to the theater to see it, but I just can't I went, remember where. I went with Kurt again. We had both gone. We had seen the Goonies, and then we went and saw Back to the Future. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Man, where was I? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know where I saw it. Strange. But anyway, yeah, so I've, uh, so are you guys, have you guys like bought every edition that came out or? I just, I just bought the 4K, but I can't watch it because I have an Xbox that'll do it, but my TV does not have HDR. Okay. Hey, you know what I wanted to, to get was that documentary. Did anybody see the documentary on Back to the Future? Which one? Yes. It's called Back in Time, right? Yeah. I've oh, seen yeah, that. I've seen that. It's great. Okay, I haven't seen that. Is that on? That's not on any of the editions, right? I haven't checked, but I think I think it might be on like the the, the latest one they put out. Mm, let me check my four K one because I want to see that. I know it's streaming on something, or it was. It might be. They might be charging now. I don't know. But it used to be on Prime, I think, or one of them. Yeah, I don't think it's on this one. Because, I mean, they're wanting 18 bucks for that documentary. Really? Yeah, and I won't Is pay that. Is it streaming anywhere? I, it used to be, but, but I used to have it on the list, but I don't know which. I thought it was Prime, but I'm not sure. And I haven't watched it, so I, it kind of sucks because maybe I would have learned some stuff I could have talked we See, could have talked about on there. I but. saw a documentary. I don't know if that's the same one because this one was like a fan documentary and it was more on like the restoration of the DeLoreans. Mm. I don't know. Oh, it says yeah, the documentary film Back in Time is a look at the real okay. impact the Back to the Future movies made on our culture. Tightly focused documentary shows that what was once a little idea became truly amazing. I don't know. I oh, guess it, it has came them out all in 2015. In there. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I don't think I've seen this. It, it looks like they free. all give interviews. Yeah, it yeah. says it's free on Amazon. Oh, it is still on there then. Okay, oh, cool. I'm going to watch that tomorrow. Yeah, I might, I might watch that then tonight or something. Cool. Yeah. Oh my gosh, they got updated photos of everybody. Are you looking at this? Mm-mm. Where are you seeing that at? Uh, I just typed in I'm back in time documentary on Google. They have uh, 
Claudia Wells, who played the first Jennifer. They have her updated picture. Boy, Christopher Lloyd, he's bald. Well, shoot, that was like seven years ago now, that documentary. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably eight years when they filmed it. <laughs> yeah, who Jeez. knows? Oh, it says I've already watched it. You did? Oh, well, suppose you did. I don't know. I don't remember it, so I'm going to watch it again. Yeah, I love the chimes for the for the score. Like, it it doesn't really come in until Back to the Future Two, when they flash the the date, the you know what day it is, and the time, and it has those little chimes that come in. I absolutely love that. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's a, it's almost like you know they're getting you caught up to speed. Yeah. And I always thought that the Back to the Future logo was one of the best logos yeah. ever. Yeah, I do too. I do. Yeah, it's cool. It's very cool. Um, that's what really caught my attention when I saw that, you know, a poster or whatever. Mm-hmm. It really is one of the most iconic type of logos that really... Uh, are a snapshot of the '80s. You see Back to the Future, you think '80s. So. Yeah, I think that's I think that's why we like it so much is because we grew up in that era. Yeah, it, we but, understood but, it. But a lot of kids now, I mean, they're they're, they're there's a fashion out there now. I'm seeing that's yeah. all '80s. It's crazy. Yeah, my kids love this movie. My youngest wants to watch it like all the time. Yeah, and so can you remember a, a film your your mom and dad liked that you you loved? I can't. No. I mean, I mean you know, from their generation, when no. they're growing up, they're all like, no. oh, God, that's uh-uh. old. Yeah, no, me either. Like my mom would probably like, now I can appreciate it now, but back then, you know, her watching like, uh, some of the old movies, like old black and white movies, I'm like, ooh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> right. don't like it, you know. <laughs> My parents um, watched a lot of Bond movies. Yeah, but I'm talking when they grew up. Like no, that was a movie no. you grew up. Yeah, and, it wouldn't and, you know, their 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 movies that they grew up with were like, you know, the old fifties. Yeah, type, you know, movies, and you would you would have been like, ugh. You know, it, I mean, there's, there, there was a few. There's a few that my, my that my parents I think saw when they were younger that I that I liked. I, the, I think. Really? Okay. Like the See, blob. Like the blob. Yeah, the, the blob. Yeah, the the thing, the original thing. Yeah. And yeah. But you know, movies. some of those end up on Mystery Science Theater. Yeah. But those movies, when I was younger, I hated. You know, I would not give them a chance. Nowadays, I I do love them. You know, my mom would watch. It's a Wonderful Life, or um, maybe uh, her favorite is Scrooge, or something like that. You know, Christmas movies. Merry Christmas, Bedford uh, yeah. Falls. And I, and I love them now, but back then, I I didn't want to give them a chance. And what about the Sound of Music? Oh well, that still is a, a is a bad movie to me. I mean, the hills, the hills, <laughs> the hills come alive. I just yeah, <laughs> I can't stand Sound of Music, but you know that's just me. I haven't watched. I haven't watched that since they made us watch it in school. Yeah, oh, God. yeah, exactly. The only movie I remember this us make uh, them them making us watch, which I do love, is The Outsiders. 
I just watched that. that I just watched that a couple months ago. It's a great movie. Did you watch? It's just another movie that makes me realize that Ralph Macchio is just an annoying actor. (laughs) (laughs) You don't like Ralph? (laughs) He's so annoying. No wonder he got beat up. Yeah, but have you seen the new series Cobra Kai? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I love that show. I still that like Johnny is. better than Matt. Oh, Johnny, Johnny, it, it, Johnny is my favorite. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you can't you can't get any better than him. I mean, he is awesome. But you hated him in Karate Kid. You just hated that guy. Yeah, you did. But, you did. But now you love him, and he's just blasting that '80s music all the time, <laughs> calling everybody octopussy. No, <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, you get. You that show is great. I, I like how they wrote that show. So how was your concert? Awesome. I know you saw oh, yeah. it. It was awesome. Oh yeah, I mean it was awesome. It was awesome. Yeah. But you, I mean you have to you have to I mean obviously you have to like Gordon Lightfoot or or the average person's gonna be like, Oh, this sucks. You know what I mean? Right, so, right. Did you, know, you yell little, take a break? Hell no, 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 no. <laughs> it was funny though. It was really funny because because you know, Gordon Lightfoot, he's like I think he's eighty four years old. And uh, you know he's old, man. He's super old. I mean, I, I give him credit for being out there and being able to still do that. And it was yeah. funny, you know. Um, he, you know he uh, he you know he played uh, you know Sundown is one of his big hits, and he played it about I don't know like 15 minutes later. Some guy from the crowd goes, "Play Sundown." <laughs> Oh my gosh! You heard him? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Gordon Lightfoot heard him, and he oh goes, my God. "Gordon Lightfoot goes, you're one dumb son of a bitch. I already played oh, that song." Oh he's my like, God. He's like, he's like, you got more, uh, you got, you got, you got more balls than you got brains. <laughs> yeah. He just, he just berated the guy in front that's, of everybody. That's hilarious. Oh, that's funny. Is there any final thoughts on Back to the Future that you guys want to add before we end this? Just that it rocked. Yeah, yeah. it's great, great yeah. movie, and obviously. Uh, Probably everybody's seen it, but if you haven't, uh, highly recommended. Go watch it. Go watch and, it right now. And can we all agree that when you watch the movie, the power of love will be in your head for days after? Yeah. Oh, for sure. I mean, you know you what's know crazy? What I mean? <laughs> on, a, on a side note is I have, I have the power of love 45 that I got when this movie came oh. out. Oh, that's it, awesome! I have uh, awesome. I have one. I picked one up like last year. Uh, it's a it's a a longer version of it. It's like seven minutes. It's like a remix thing uh-huh. on vinyl, and it's different. I mean, it it's really cool though. Yeah, wow! But yeah, that's amazing some... that you still have that. I do. That it's is a, the it, power of a song in a movie. You know, back right. then, just like I, I know Lego's no fan of it. But Danger Zone was in my head for days after rewatching Top Gun. So the power yeah, I mean, of like, music. I, I like the music. I, I like Danger Zone back then. You know. Yeah. yeah, I still love it. But I love Kenny Loggins, man. I mean, he he's just he's one of those guys like from that time that just could do a song. Well, yeah. for so he many did, movies and yeah, I mean, you know, he did Caddyshack, Caddyshack, yeah. Footloose, you know, Top yeah. Gun, yeah, amazing, amazing. Um, hey guys, uh, back in 1994, I w- actually I went to Universal Studios and got to see uh, the lot that they used for Back to the Future. Oh wow! And a lot of it was set up kind of still, you know. Uh huh. 
So that was that was pretty cool. Yeah, that's awesome. That's you would awesome. be amazed how small it really is. Really? Yeah, yeah, it looks way bigger on film. Oh yeah. I mean, well, it's yeah. the magic of Hollywood, you know. Just you know, sometimes I don't want to see some of the stuff, you know, because it, right. it kind of spoils yeah. it. But, but I'm yeah. always larger on film. Yeah. <laughs> 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 the, the, the old running joke from uh, Airplane, Leon's getting larger. <laughs> yeah, classic, classic. Yeah, we got to do that game, that one someday. We should do Airplane 1 and 2, though, together, I think. Yeah, that's fine. I, I, I'm cool with that. Yeah. I mean, Airplane 2, the first 20 minutes is just... It's just heart stopping. It's just so I funny. have not seen that movie probably <laughs> thirty five years. It's not as good. Obviously, Airplane One's better overall. Yeah, right. But the first twenty minutes of Airplane Two make it worth watching. Okay, check this out because I think they redid something to that movie, the first one. Yeah. Because I wanted to show my kids that scene in the very beginning where the guy, they're in the airport and the guy is walking by and he goes, hi, Jack. Yeah. And they, and they just ambush him. Yeah. They cut it out. I cannot they, find it anywhere. What? I cannot find that What'd scene you watch in the it movie. On? What'd you watch it on? Um, I don't know. It might've been Prime or something, you know? It's oh. the Mandela effect. Oh, maybe, maybe. Maybe I don't know. I, I I'll have to check my Blu-ray and our DVD, whatever, and, and yeah. see if they uh, if they mess with it. Because that's the problem with streaming now. They could edit any movie and take whatever they want out. You know. Jeez. What if it's not on your Blu-ray? Well, could that's the, the pro that could be the problem. To, uh, problem yeah, too. You, you got to find the VHS, man. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's like I've been looking for the original VHS of Wizard of Oz when. When that um, guy's hanging, yeah, and I, I yes. can't find it anywhere. You know, I actually, um, well, I guess it probably would have been, uh, it would it would have been in the nineties. So I don't know if it was DVD or no, it was it was DVD. I watched it on DVD, and the guy was still hanging. You did? Yes. It was on DVD? Yes. Oh, wow. So okay. it was probably like an early nineties version. Oh, probably I'll have to look for probably, that then. Probably one of the first. Versions they versions. put on DVD, I would okay. guess, mm. because uh -huh. this this kid wanted to come over to my house and uh, he wanted to watch uh, Wizard of Oz while listening to Pink Floyd, Dark Side of the Moon at the same time. <laughs> and it, it sounds like a crazy time. <laughs> well, it's pretty. I'll tell you, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, I bet. On the third roar of the MGM Lion, right? You push yeah. play on the CD player, and for 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 the first for the first run through okay mm -hmm. of dark side of the moon it yeah. is completely in sync with the movie what when you play it again the second time uh -huh. there's certain parts that are in sync with the movie but the for the, the first the first play is uh -huh. completely in sync with the movie weird who figured that out yeah somebody high on pink, dope pink floyd did <laughs> oh man that's a trip well, yeah. I'm gonna have to check that out. I've been wanting to so see. So, how that. do you sync the second time? You you as soon as it ends, you stop the movie and you 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 just go ahead and re restart restart okay. the disc and the movie, mm -hmm. and 
Yeah, and it, it, it synced up a few times on the second playthrough. Wow. Do you guys have black lights when you're watching it going? No. Lava lamps? Man. No. Strobe lights. So you could, that's a, that's a trip. Yeah. I mean, there was, there was a lot of crazy stuff that happened on Wizard of Oz. Yeah. It's a very creepy movie. Yeah. I mean, the snow that they were using, you know, that, that came down was, was mixed with asbestos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. They didn't know it. They threw it all over the place. Oh, all over the actors. Yeah. 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 yeah There's a lot of deaths, all kinds of stuff. Yeah. That midget. Um, committed suicide on the on the set, and it got filmed. That's what we were talking about. And they edited it out the later copies. But yeah, I've been wanting to watch the see yeah, the, the he's like in the distance as they're going yeah. as they're going down the yellow brick road. They're doing like a yeah, you know, I don't know if they're singing or dancing at the point, but like in the yeah. in the background, you see you see the body drop and then it's swinging. <laughs> it's swinging. Gosh, that's so crazy. What? Yeah, yeah. It's uh. It, it, it's fascinating to hear the back back uh, story of Wizard of Oz. It's like, yeah, it's not a happy go lucky film for sure. Yeah, and all the midgets, they were like perverts. They were like trying to, you know, you know, get yeah, I heard Judy that. Garland's pants and stuff, and uh, <laughs> they were all drunk and wasted. And yeah, and, yeah, I heard that. That was crazy, man. They were like having crazy parties and stuff. Well, Steve, you remember that was our play when we did Stage Crew. Oh yeah, that was Wizard of Oz. Yeah, yeah, that's hilarious. I had my little half shirt on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, half shirts are back in style, but not for men. <laughs> Thank goodness. <laughs> oh my gosh, I can't believe those half shirts. Oh gosh, <laughs> you had quite a few of those. I had spandex half shirts. Oh, you my had God. half shirts. You also had sleeveless shirts too. Oh man, it's just. <sighs> And crotchless panties. Yeah. <laughs> Might as well. Jeez. <laughs> oh, that's too funny. Yeah. Well, guys, this has been awesome. I yes. Everyone that is listening, thank you for listening. This has been another episode of Retro Media Talk. Subscribe to us on Spotify, Anchor FM. Like us on Facebook. We got the page there. All right, guys, you can also find us on YouTube at Craze TV, or you can go to RetroMediaTalk.com and find all the episodes in one spot at RetroMediaTalk.com. All right, guys, thank you for your support and thank you for listening. Now go watch Back to the Future. (laughs) 